0: listening to the salt churches podcast here you can listen to messages inspiration and lessons learned about planting micro churches all across the nation thank you for tuning in to find more information you can visit us at www.saltchurches.com this podcast is brought to you today by salt churches founder parker green
1: Happy Sunday afternoon, all my microchurch people. Continuing the series on microchurches, I'm excited about this one today because this is my life's passion, and I think it should be most people that follow Jesus' life passion. That is making disciples. Jesus tells us to go into all the world and make disciples. Now, why would you make disciples? And I explain it to my guys, I explain it to our church in this way. Why would you make disciples? And I think a lot of people don't really understand or can define the term disciple. A disciple is someone that has apprenticed their life to Jesus. A disciple is someone that has chosen with their will, mind, emotions, heart to follow Jesus with everything in their life. So, if you really think about it, look around your average church today and look at the people sitting in pews or sitting in chairs and think about is this a group of people that have committed their entire life to Jesus. Have they committed everything that they have to Jesus? That's what a disciple looks like. Because when Jesus outlines the cost of discipleship in Luke 14, it's really, really clear <laughs> that it's going to cost us a lot. But the rewards are beyond imagination. But I want to get into the nuts and bolts of how you could actually make disciples in a micro church. So we made a lot of mistakes this way. I mean, <laughs> I've really... Um, probably push the boundaries of people's patience a lot with this one. I've failed a lot at discipleship. I've done a really bad job. But here's the thing. You can do a great job at this by learning from my mistakes. So here's what I want to talk to you about. Making disciples is all about, first of all, relationship. It's all about relationship. You can't make it a program. You can't make a program out of discipleship. It just doesn't work. You can't factory build disciples. It doesn't work like that. It takes away humanity of it. It makes it so it's not relational and you just don't produce the results that you want to produce. So, I've done one on one discipleship, but a lot of times it just turns into, I would say, counseling. Counseling has its benefits, but discipleship is better because discipleship is about transformation, whereas counseling is honestly about counseling and processing. So, I think the reality is that when it comes to discipleship, you're pointing people towards Jesus so they can continue to be more like him. So, that being said, we used to do one on one. We've done one on two, but we found a sweet spot with what we're doing in micro churches, and that is the fire team. So three or four people. And this came up when we were in a men's discipleship group, the one that I host, the one that I run, the group of my disciples, essentially. And we were talking about this. I'm like, Why is the Marine Corps so? Why is the Marine Corps so successful? Why do they turn people away as opposed to every other branch that's needing to get more and more people? Well, one, they're kind of small, but The reality is they're a successful branch of the military because you know the cost that you're going to pay from the front end. People that join the Marines don't join the Marines to join an average group of people or to be a dentist or to get a good job after they're in the Marine Corps. They join the Marine Corps to be in the Marine Corps and to go and fight. So that first being said, the second part of the success of the Marine Corps is the size of the units, the fire team, three to four men, four men in the Marine Corps that really get to know each other, that really love each other, that really have intimacy with each other, that really would die for one another because of the mission at hand. And that's what we've done with our discipleship groups at our micro church at Salt Churches. So what we essentially did is did this by accident. And then afterwards, I read a book about it. And I was like, oh, so I wrote a book about this. I think it's called Transformational Discipleship. But what happened was I started to notice that there was more life in the group. It's like the Holy Spirit started bouncing ideas off people. It's like the scripture came more alive. People were more enthusiastic about making more disciples. And we actually started to multiply once we came together in that fire team size, that three to four people in a room. When we go through the word together with that many people, when we learn about each other's lives in that group of people, you can really know the intimate details, be praying for each other, love each other, stay in touch with each other. Because think about how busy your life is. How many people can you actually keep in touch with? How many people can you actually invest in on a regular basis? And it's probably around four or five people that you could seriously do discipleship with if you have a regular full-time job. So We've started doing this and it has added so much life to our church. It's insane. And we're going to start planting churches out of these groups. We're going to start to see churches grow up out of discipleship because what we say as a metaphor always is that discipleship is the soil that churches grow out of. If you don't have it, if you don't have discipleship, I guarantee you in one way, shape or form, your church will fail. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If you don't have A particular way or a plan for teaching people how to follow Jesus, you will fail. Even if you have a big church, you will have a church that is a failure. Let me say that again. A church that is not making disciples is a failing church right away. If you don't ask people to step into discipleship fully, then they will not make more disciples. They won't be following Jesus with all their heart. They need to know from the front end what it costs. I'm going to read something from Dietrich Bonhoeffer that one of my guys sent me the other day. I think I posted it on Facebook yesterday. When the Bible speaks of following Jesus, it is proclaiming a discipleship that will liberate mankind from all man-made dogma, from every burden and oppression, from every anxiety and torture which afflicts the conscience. If they follow Jesus, men escape from the hard yoke of their own laws, and stay with me here, and submit to the kindly yoke of Jesus Christ. But does this mean that we can ignore the seriousness of his command? Far from it. We can only achieve perfect liberty and enjoy fellowship with Jesus when his command, his call to absolute discipleship, is appreciated in its entirety. Only the man who follows the command of Jesus without reserve and submits unresistingly to his yoke finds his burden easy and under his gentle pressure receives the power to persevere in the right way. The command of Jesus is hard, unutterably hard. For those who try to resist it, I keep finding more and more that the key to true discipleship is surrender to Christ. Surrender this, surrender that, surrender another thing to Jesus. I think too many of us think that we have to try really hard to aim for Jesus. That is part of it. We have to aim for this. And and Dallas Willard says grace is opposed to earning, but it is not opposed to effort. Yes, we need to practice spiritual disciplines, but the first discipline that we need to practice is constant surrender to Jesus. Because the aim of discipleship in every microchurch that we plant in salt churches is unbroken fellowship with Jesus. That's the whole point. Guys, that's the whole point. The whole point of discipleship is to have unbroken fellowship with Jesus, to be near him, to know him, to follow him, to listen to him, to be with him, to sacrifice for him, to glory in our sufferings with him. That's the idea. That's the whole point. That's the beauty of discipleship is that it transforms men into something completely different. I can look at pictures of myself from 15 years ago and know right away, even 10 years ago, I can look at pictures of myself and know right away I was not yet a disciple because I'm a transformed man now. Because I crossed the line. I made a choice to follow Jesus. And so many of you can do the same thing. If you're leading a microchurch or if you're leading any church at all, you first have to make disciples. Don't try and make a program for disciples if you're not going to do it yourself. It has to start with you, the person that's leading, the person that's starting. Your discipleship program will have no credence in your church. It will have no substance. It will have no root if the soil isn't in you first. If you're not first a disciple of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus, then trying to pretend like you can plug in a program and go on with your busy life or go on with religious or ministry work, it's not going to work. We've tried it before. We've had churches fail because the soil of discipleship didn't take. We didn't do it properly. We took things for granted. We took discipleship for granted and kept trying to draw a crowd. That's a mistake. And a microchurch isn't based on how many people you have showing up on Sunday, even though it should be growing constantly and consistently, because in the book of Acts, we see that people were added to their number daily, that we're reaching the lost, but someone that is transformed is going to reach people. Someone that's transformed is going to multiply disciples. Here's what I encourage you to do. If you're running a micro church, start breaking that church down into groups of three and four people that are hosted by different disciples, that are facilitated by different disciples. Simply go through the word, read a chapter at a time or a passage at a time and go, how can we obey this? A fifth grader can do that. A sixth grader can do that. Hell, a fourth grader can do that. You want to aim at people that are brand new Christians. If they can open the word and make the word their authority in discipleship and actually obey what it says, then you have discipleship groups really going. That's how it's done. Keep it stupid, simple. Do life with people. Love people well, but here's the reality. The word is the authority in this. The word is the thing in this. The word is the leader in this. That's what I love about these groups of three to four, these fire teams, because when I leave or go on a trip or can't make it, it still goes on without me. It doesn't need me to run it. Those people in that group, they don't need me to follow Jesus. It's just a privilege and an honor for me to serve them in discipleship. So if you're running a micro church, that means whatever, a house church, a church in a coffee shop, a group of, let's say, max 30 people. Break it down into groups of three to four people. Break it down into groups of three to four people that are fire teams, that can really get to know each other, that can walk through the word together, that have a stated goal of being on mission together to reach the lost, make disciples, and plant new churches. Because in our church, we've seen this revolutionize not just the people, but what they do in their daily lives. And that is the point of discipleship. If the point of discipleship in your church is to make people better at church, you've missed the point. The point of discipleship is to make people better at life, to submit themselves to the master of life who is Jesus. So we apprentice ourselves to Jesus. We apprentice ourselves to him because he's the master of life. You can follow somebody who rose from the grave, right? who knew everything about life. You cannot refute his teaching. So following his teaching in real life on daily basis, we don't want to get people good at hosting. We don't want to get people good at at handing out offering letters. We don't want to get people good at pitching a message. We don't want to get people good at, at serving on a team. We want to get people good at living daily life. The rest of those things about serving, about living the way Jesus did, will fall in place if we just cut out the crap and learn how to make disciples. Take a good hard look at your life. Take a good hard look at the church that you're leading and look at it and go, what about this isn't actually doing what Jesus asked me to do? Imagine Jesus comes to your restaurant and he orders steak, but you've got the best spaghetti in town. And you're like, Jesus, try this spaghetti. Jesus, try this spaghetti. And the third time you bring it out, Jesus is furious and walks out because the guy asked for a steak. Jesus isn't asking for great services. Jesus isn't asking for polished, perfect worship. Jesus is asking for disciples made, people that follow him in their everyday lives. And that's what we need to aim for with every church. Too many of us are aiming for the fruit of discipleship without putting in the root of discipleship. So let's aim for these fire teams, these groups of three to four people are amazing right? They work really well. There's a lot of symbiotic nature in it. There's people feeding off each other, encouraging each other. And during the week, we're doing a lot of great things. We have group texts going. We have group knees going. We use Marco Polo to communicate with one another. And it's been an unbelievable journey for me. And don't make the same mistake I made in the first two years of discipleship, where I was too easy on people, first of all, and I didn't call them out and say, we're stepping into discipleship. I did counseling sessions and not discipleship. So I didn't make the word the authority. I made myself the authority because I like to be needed, right? A lot of us like to be needed. So we're like, oh, they kind of need me. This is great. But you don't want that in real discipleship. You want to teach people how to grow up and follow Jesus, kill and eat their own food from the word of God, right? So get out there make disciples. Get out there, get a group of three to four guys together. Let them know the cost up front. Let them know what it's going to look like. Let them know the expectation is to make disciples because that's what Jesus commands. You don't command that. Jesus asks for that. So you're simply following his command and you're the messenger or the witness passing on that command. So those of you leading micro churches out there, I encourage you start it with discipleship, soil of discipleship. The soil of discipleship will nurture your church into the long haul. Appreciate everybody watching, everybody listening on the podcast as well. Much love. Hope you're having a great Sunday and we will see you sometime this week.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and empowered to change the world for the name of Jesus. Make sure to tune in and listen to our other podcasts and download our app, Salt Churches, found on iTunes. We hope to see you and hear from you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.